0: Greetings, everybody. This is David Avocado Wolf here and we are gearing up for our fourth annual Women's Wellness Conference, www.womenswellnessconference.com. We're going to be joined by Carolyn Mace, the Food Babe Hari, Dr. Sarah Godfrey, Dr. Alan Christensen, Robin O'Brien, and... Our special guest today who's Marianne Williamson. How is the change in women's roles in the world and men's too? Where are we headed with that, especially its impact on in- intimate relationships between men and women?
1: The psychological and emotional orientation that makes a woman successful at work then would actually make her unsuccessful in a romantic relationship. So there is a lot for us to discuss there, a lot for us to analyze there, including the fact that it actually takes the brain 30 minutes to transition at the end of the day from a more masculine to a feminine orientation. So that's where we are, women realizing that too much of what we're doing in the world comes at the expense of of the woman in us which wants to be loved. Yes, we want to achieve, but we also want to be loved. So the integration of those desires and those aspects of self, to me, that's the buzz of the moment and certainly the work that I'm focused on doing with the Aphrodite training.
0: What I wanted to ask you, you brought up something about economics and I was just shocked, and you probably know the numbers, that women still do not make as much as men doing the same work.
1: Just, it is I extraordinary. That. Yeah, I it's extraordinary. It. And, and every effort that has been made to counter that, including the passage of the Equal Rights Amendment years ago, which was defeated, which would have addressed that. There are so many legislative proposals that seek to address this. And what does it mean in real practical terms? What it means is that a woman, in order to make the same money that as a man, needs to work more hours, which means there's less time for romance, for intimacy, for marriage, for children, for parenting, for mothering. And so these economic issues are not separate from what happens day after day in our families and in our culture. So thank you for bringing that up. And that's exactly what I mean. These economic issues are are extremely important. They're not separate from the spiritual issues. We can talk about being loving and being feminine uh, all we want to, but if a woman is so exhausted by the time she gets home from work that she's physically incapable, then it becomes just a very high class and high income conversation, and there's nothing beautiful about that if everybody else is left out, except those who can, who can afford uh, to be involved.
0: Now you've you've been very successful. you maintained a prominent voice. You've been just an amazing woman for so many years. I'm sure our listeners right now would want to know what was what are some of those guiding principles that help you to to stay balanced, stay away from fear, stay in the heart space. Can you give us a little, maybe a sneak peek, maybe three of those things that just guide you?
1: <clears throat> you know, it, spiritual exercise is like physical exercise. It doesn't matter who you are. If you do it, it works. If you don't do it, it doesn't. It doesn't matter who you are walking into the gym. And it doesn't matter who you are uh, entering that sacred space of prayer and meditation and so forth. I'm a student of A Course in Miracles. That doesn't claim to have a monopoly on truth. There's one truth with a capital T spoken in many different ways, many different spiritual traditions and paths. And also there's a lot of consciousness work these days that is done within a secular context. But it all has to do with cultivating a non-reactive mind. It has to do with the practice of compassion. has to do with the practice of forgiveness. It has to do with taking responsibility for our own errors and atoning for them and making amends when we've been wrong. It has to do with dedicating ourselves to greater service and to something beyond our own personal goals. And, you know, David, I say all the time, when I practice what I preach, my life really works well. (laughs) And when I don't practice what I preach, then things break down. You know, there are objective, discernible laws of external phenomenon. And there are also objective, discernible laws of internal phenomenon. When I forgive, when I love, when I have compassion... When I discipline myself emotionally along those lines and proactively through meditation, through the practice of the course or whatever my, my practice is, repudiate and resist anger, defensiveness, fear, attack, judgment, blame, my life works well. When I am so overtaken by the meaninglessness assault that is the barrage of stimulus that forms modern culture today without preparing myself. In meditation, in prayer, and in spiritual inspiration and reading, then I fall into those same self destructive patterns as anybody else does. But it's like physical exercise, you never get to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, I'm not an enlightened master, but on the days when I meditate and prepare myself and read my spiritual reading and really seek to be the best I can be on a moment by moment basis, then the chances of my really seriously blowing it are severely diminished and my chances of having a pretty happy life uh, are greatly increased. You know, I noticed when I asked you how you were and you said you were having a great day, best day, you know what you're doing. You know that by saying that, you're helping make it true
0: hmm I like the analogy you make because so many people are committed to their physical fitness. I love that you you connected to spiritual fitness. You you just inspired me a lot in that. I was like, wow, I I need to really meditate more and do some spiritual reading. Course in miracles. You turned me on to it all those years ago, like 20 years ago. So thank you for that. You know what's amazing me too is there's so many incredible women out there. They, they, they come to me, one of our, one of the gals from our conference actually had, had asked this question. And that is, in spite of all of the pressures, all the stuff to do, everything, mm-hmm. there's still time for charity. A woman named Marilena had asked, what is, in, in your opinion, what is the best cause, women's cause to support right now? And what do you think is the best thing for us to support in women's issues today in the world, charity wise, philanthropically, et cetera?
1: All right. Well, first of all, let's have a deeper conversation about charity. Uh, I have founded nonprofits. I founded Project Angel Food uh, here in Los Angeles, a Meals on Wheels program that has served over 9 million meals to homebound people oh, with AIDS wow. and other life-challenging illnesses. So it's not like I am not a nonprofit charitable activist, because I am. Having said that, it's important for us to remember that no amount of charity can compensate for a lack of social justice. So when you look at this cause or that cause, whether it has to do with uh, health uh, for women, battered women, economic opportunity for women or anything like that, it's important, I think, that we realize how many of these individual issues are the effect of a deeper cause. And that deeper cause has to do with economic in- inequality in the United States. And that economic inequality in the United States is itself the effect of a deeper cause, which is the undue influence of money on our political system. Uh, we have a system of legalized bribery in the United States. Things have become so corrupt that the short-term economic gain of basically a few multinational industries and corporations are placed before the health and well-being of the average citizen. So if you ask me what is the single issue that would help women the most, it's an issue that would help all men, men, women and children the most. And that is a constitutional Uh amendment that would establish public funding of federal elections in the United States. Because only when we have public funding of federal elections do we get the undue influence of money where only a few billionaires can determine who went our political elections and then who they serve because of it. And then you will have people actually making laws that provide whether it has to do with healthcare, economic opportunity, the amount of money that women can make being equal to uh, what men make for the same work, education, the fa- our young people being able to go to school without these crippling student debts, etc. So to me going always deeper. What's the deeper cause? What's the deeper cause? That that on an external level is the deepest issue. we got to get money out of politics or whether it has to do with carcinogens in our food, carcinogens in our air or anything else. It won't be good for women and it won't be good for any other living creature. In terms of internal and personal behavior, I think the most important thing that women can do is to support other women. Really be consciously alert to the women to our left and to our right, who are just like us, uh, trying to make their dreams come true, trying to make something happen, and who, like Ann Richards once pointed out, that uh, uh, Ginger Rogers did everything Fred Astaire did, but backwards and in high heels. Once you do realize that, not only economically, but in other ways as well, a woman has to work harder. Uh, She has some things stacked against her in certain ways, and it really makes me sad when what's stopping a woman is another woman. So I I think that for us to realize that when we talk about women's empowerment, we have to include sisterhood in the conversation, sisterhood. To me, that's really a significant issue.
0: Brilliant. Thank you so much. Now, Marianne, can you give us your, can you spell out your website for us?
1: Thank you. M-A-R-I-A-N-N-E, Marianne.com.
0: Now, you're going to be joining us at the Women's Wellness Conference. What's going to be your topic? Can you give us a sneak peek just briefly?
1: Well, you know, David, first of all, I want to be there uh, speaking into the listening that you are hosting that day. And uh, from what I have read and what I've heard you say, you want ideas and conversations that empower women and help us reconnect with the truth of who we are so that we can give as a gift to the world around us the truth of who we are. You can't give what you don't have, and you can't have what you're not aware of. And all of us have so much trapped light, we have so many hidden treasures, that because of all these layers of falsehood and and illusion, we sometimes don't feel we have conscious access to. So that's what I'm going to be talking about, a kind of organic unfoldment uh, by which we can get in touch on a daily basis uh, with the truth and the beauty of who we are, and then how we can walk Through our lives in such a way that we are more consistently giving that truth and beauty to the world around us. Uh, On a spiritual level, only what you give away can you keep. And learning how to give away our love and to keep our love is ultimately the only way to enter peace, um, because it's the only way to experience ourselves, I think, as God created us.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Marianne. For everybody listening, this is Marianne Williamson that we've been listening to. I'm David Avocado Wolf. We're going to be together at the Women's Wellness Conference, www.womenswellnessconference.com, Friday, October 9th through Sunday, October 11th at the Orange County Hilton in Costa Mesa. That's this year, 2015, coming up very quickly. From both of us, both myself and Marianne, we are wishing all of you the best day ever, and we hope to see you at the event.
1: Thanks so much. This program was brought to you by TheBestDayEver.com. Thanks for listening.